in the underdog talk i'm your host eric jones jr and i have conversation with successful underdogs and today i have miss janessa siegel how are you doing today i'm doing good how about yourself i'm doing good um how has it's still summer so how has the end of your summer been uh, it's been pretty amazing, actually. I just celebrated my birthday a few days ago. Oh, happy so. belated birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I just feel really rejuvenated, revived, and just excited about life. Understand. Understand. Yeah, for me, it's school year, and that's so much fun. Loads of excitement. <laughs> Especially the beginning, though, because you get to meet the new kids and build relationships. But, yeah, it's. I just, have you noticed the weather? So the summer was not as hot, but soon as school starts and you got to be outside with the kids, the heat has yes. shown up. Yes. I just I just don't understand it. I wish mm. it was different. Um, I, so I usually do sponsor. Uh, I had a sponsor my own clothing line, but we're under construction. So before we get into today's conversation, if you're looking to be a sponsor, if you know someone that wants to sponsor, email me at underdog talk podcast um, subject line sponsorship and because I'm looking for sponsors so tell us a little bit about your early journey before you got to where you're at where life is a little bit better like tell us about how you started off as an underdog Ooh, um so I came from an education background um, grew up in the church and the biggest thing for me was I was not very outspoken. I was very, um, I avoided conflict a lot. And it was difficult for me to really speak up when I knew something needed to be changed. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until I really started seeing how my mom as a teacher would um, like push back against what others feel that children should be treated, basically. And watching that, it really helped me start developing my own voice. But it took a while. It really did. Um, I wouldn't. I would say I didn't start really um, becoming more outspoken and becoming more diligent in helping people until I was in high school. And before then, again, quiet. Did what people told me to do. You know, I was the. What was the best word? I was most likely to be a preacher, so <laughs> <laughs> so I was just the one, the goody two-shoes, whatever, whatever. But there was always a part of me that's just like whenever I would see something that just didn't, um, when people weren't treated right, when students weren't treated right, um, or treated like other because of whatever or whoever they were, um, there was always a space in me that's like, no, this needs to change. And so once I realized that my voice can impact how people are treated, I just started speaking out and finding ways to use the access that I had to, to help others. I was the opposite. <laughs> I was the opposite in school, at home. I always had something to say. I wanted to everyone to know my opinion. But then as I got older, I understood I can use my voice for positive. Because I, I never like people to get picked on or anything because I used to get picked on. So I'm always going, if I see kids bullying somebody, I'm, I'm on it. So I've always had the voice. But as I got older, I realized how I can use my voice because I, I talk. I asked my mom, I was like, what do you think I was going to be when I was uh, a kid? She's like, I don't know, but something with talking because you never shut up. And it's funny because my son, he's the same way. Like, so it's just... <laughs> 
Like you got to understand if you have a voice to use it, but then also show other people that they can use their voice because sometimes there's people that don't use their voice and they need to. And so just being able a, a person that looks different. Now I can share my voice that gives somebody else confidence to share their voice. And I uh, definitely understand the thing about school because like when I was in school, I'm like, why are we learning this stuff? It's mm -hmm. not about to help me. This geometry, there's none of this is helping me like later. So I always was against like the traditional school mm -hmm. when I was in school. And even now as an educator, it's like, mm, are mm -hmm. they really, is this really going to help them? Mm -hmm. I think they need to have more life skills classes. Agreed. So when kids get out, because some kids, as soon as they're 18, their parents kick them out and they're adult. And it's I'm like, they don't know what to do. Because yes. we just, I'm in my 30s and I'm still learning how to be an adult. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Adulting yeah. is just one of those things where it's like you're expected to know. Mm -hmm. But you're like, but nobody taught me. Nobody. So what am I supposed to do? And then people get upset when you make mistakes. And you're like, but no one taught me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. And kids, uh, if you're listening, don't rush to be an adult. It's mm -hmm. not as fun as you think it is. Mm -hmm. It's really not. It's a lot of responsibilities. And you don't want to clean your room and take out the trash now. So just keep, just just keep being a kid and take naps. <clears throat> so... You uh, are in finances. Where did that start? Did that start from like your mom or did it start like when you got older, like going to school? Where did that transformation of I want to get into finances and learn about it to be able to know more about it? Yeah, so I got into it in a roundabout way. It was not um, a space where I thought I would be. I originally wanted to be an engineer and ro work with robotics mm -hmm. and also build roller coasters. Mm -hmm. So numbers have always been a thing for me. Um, and when I was younger, when I got older, my mom told me this story. But when I was younger, I used to collect pennies, but I didn't know they were pennies. Mm -hmm. I just saw these copper coins. I'm like, oh, cool. That's, that's a coin with a face on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, one time she told me, she was like, well, if you keep collecting those, you know, you can buy something. Mm -hmm. So that was the first time I remember learning about money. And I eventually collected like $300 worth of pennies oh, wow. and used that to go on a school trip. But I say that to say, while working with money was not an intentional direction, I feel like it's always been something that I was guided to. Because mm -hmm. um, even when I was getting older, I would use allowance. I would save some and I would strategize with my little about $10 a week mm -hmm. allowance. And then, <laughs> man, and then once I got to college, um, I only had a scholarship for tuition. I didn't have a full ride, so I had to figure out how to pay for it because I knew my parents didn't have the money to pay for it. And um, as much as both of them would help, it wouldn't cover a lot. So I had to use student loans and then started figuring out how can I bring in more money. And that process taught me a lot about budgeting and understanding the higher ed system. And so once I actually graduated, I started working in higher ed. And um, I went to graduate school for a master's in higher ed. And my assistantship was in financial aid. Yeah. which was completely out of what I thought I wanted. I was trying to work in housing so I could live somewhere for free. Yeah. And um, as I was working in financial aid, I worked with uh, special circumstances, so students whose circumstances changed, their income changed. And in that process, I learned so much about how much people just don't know yeah. when it comes to school, when it comes to money, when it comes to deciding what they want to do with life people just don't know we just go these we take these steps and <laughs> check off these boxes because we're told to do it but 
being in that position and talking to families and trying to help them figure out ways to cover school, still realizing like this kid is is um, trying to get a, de a degree in aeronautics and one class is $50,000. Like that's one class that yeah. if they take out loans, the amount of time it'll take them to pay it back is a lot. So that just inspired me to try to just educate people. I've always felt that does everyone need a four-year degree? No. Mm -mm. But does everyone de deserve a quality education? Yes. And part of that quality education is letting people understand how these systems work so that they can make informed decisions. And so just started out teaching budgeting for like upper bound and stuff. And then once I graduated, started working in um, admissions and financial aid and then transitioned to financial wellness education. And uh, once I did that, I'm like, all right, this is where I feel I'm supposed to be. And from there, um, eventually got um, certification. So I'm a credit financial counselor. And uh, seeing how much providing resources and guidance to people can help them reduce stress and feel empowered to take control of their own lives, like that brings me so much joy. So just decided that that's the path I want to go. And so then I started my own business, financial education business, to, to continue that work. Yeah, that's that's dope because <laughs> you're right. Like, as a kid, I remember my mom always saying, have at least $5 in your pocket. 2023, $5 ain't going to do nothing, nothing for you. Like, even credit, like, I didn't know what credit was. Mm -hmm. Luckily, like, I never had any big debt. Like, school was the only debt I really had. I never really had a credit card. Mm -hmm. Like, I was I just like, nah, I don't really know nothing about it, so I'm not even going to deal with it. But, like, it's crazy because we don't know anything about finances. Mm -hmm. So what was, like, a particular moment? that hit you and was like, dang, these people really don't know nothing about it and I can help them? Um, I would say, I would say it's, it's two major moments. One when I was in financial aid, one after. The first one in financial aid, um, I was working with a student who needed additional aid to cover some day-to-day -day expenses. And, um, they were unaware that they had already started borrowing student loans. Mm. And I'm like, are you aware that, that you've already borrowed $20,000? Oh, wow. And this is at a community college, by the way, mm. not even a four-year, and you've already borrowed 20000 mm. yeah. yeah, exactly, and they had planned to transfer to a four-year. So in my mind, I'm like, shoot, they're already racking up debt. I'm, I need to help them understand that. So in talking to them, they're just like, no, I don't have loans. I have financial aid. I'm like, well... Student loans are considered financial aid. Yes, it's a loan, yeah. but it's still aid. So it was at that moment I'm like, yo, these students really don't understand like all aspects of financial aid and just money when it comes to covering school. So that one really hit me because the end of the conversation, we basically like they were just like, well, I need this money, so I do need to borrow some more. So had to do what I had to do to uh, go ahead and start that process so they could be eligible for additional loans. But, and this was a non-traditional age student too, so most of us think, oh, they're 18, they don't know. No, this person was well in their 30s and s still didn't mm. understand, exactly. Mm. So that was just, that one hit me because I'm used to 18-year-olds doing that, mm. not a 30-something-year-old doing that. So that was the first one, and then the second one was, um, 
and talking to someone just about budgeting and all of that, um, understanding how the way you're raised viewing money, how much that really impacts the way you interact with it as you're older. <laughs> and, and this person was so afraid of, of debt that they were already working 40 hours that during the week and full time in school. And they're just like, I don't have enough um, time to study and my scholarship is now in jeopardy, but I need to bring in this money to help cover the other aspects of school. And I'm like, well, would you consider a federal student loan? Oh, no, 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 I can't do loans. I, I just can't. Like, I can't have debt. I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Like, what is it about the loan that makes you so uncomfortable? And so they start telling all these horror stories that they've heard from people and then how much debt is a terrible thing and you know unless you're born in a wealthy family don't try to rack up debt or get credit and it's like wow like this person is working themselves almost not to death as can be pretty yeah, dramatic, yeah. but they're they're working themselves so hard when there's an actual option that can help them and because they were so afraid of something that they had no clue about they didn't want to do it. So those two instances, I feel, is what brought me to, like, I need to be educating these people. Because I don't need them to be stressed out about money. Even though life can be stressful, the actual physical money is just a tool. It's, it's, it's an inanimate object. So let's talk about that. And then let's talk about how to use these systems for your benefit. Like, you can yeah. use a loan and still be successful and not be in a whole bunch of debt. Let's talk about that. So those two instances were the, the turning points, yeah. That's crazy that, <laughs> uh, about the guy, like you said, being in the 30s, it's like, mm -hmm. wow. Because me, personally, like, growing up, you have my mom, she worked, my dad, he worked. Like, you make a certain amount. If you make X amount of dollars or close to 100000 you good. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. But now... Wanted to be an entrepreneur and having my own and stuff. It's like that money that they were making per year. I want to make that per month. There it is. Yeah. Like I look at money different, but I'm still in a sense scared of it because I don't know nothing. I don't know anybody that I can go and just touch and say, hey, how did you do that or whatever? It's You know, you got the online communities and stuff, but I'm talking about like family members or people yeah. I saw. All I saw was people going to work. So I have the work ethic, but then it's like. I don't know. I know it's obtainable, but how is it obtainable? And it's like because how you grew up and it's how they grew up. And then it's like nobody stepped outside of the boundaries to go learn about money. Because mm -hmm. I took, um, uh, it was maybe five, see, nine, so maybe four or five years ago, I took, I was going to a church and I took the Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. little course. And it's like, mm -hmm. I... I learned a lot, but then I see where people, you know, it's a, uh, but I learned just learning about money, just being around people and we're learning about money that helped me to actually budget. Mm -hmm. Like a budget is not nothing hard. It's discipline. It's you saying no. It's your friends coming in like, hey, we going out. Okay, that's cool. Y'all going out. I'm not going out because I'm saving my money or my money needs to invest in this or I need a new mic or I need this. So it's like. You understand when you get to a certain age or you get around people that can help you with a budget. And then it's like just being disciplined. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of money is really about being disciplined. You got to learn money. Mm -hmm. But then it's just about being disciplined because I was listening to a podcast 
And it, it, the guy was correcting the dude. He's like, no, when money comes, money supposed to keep coming. Yeah. It's not money comes and comes and goes. No, it's money comes and it keeps going. Mm -hmm. If you know how to use the money or if you know how to invest the money or the way you use it and everybody doesn't know that and it kind of sucks because when you're learning and you're doing that and people aren't around you that's learning and doing that it's kind of like what do i do mm -hmm. so you got your stuff you uh you said you started your business so why did you start your business and what is the value that you add to people with your business mm. So I started my business because I felt that there wasn't something that was easily accessible for people to, to go to to get the financial support and resources and education that they need. Um, and I was coming from a education standpoint, so I'm very purposeful in saying my business is a financial education business because um, in finance in general, you know, you have your advisors, your counselors, your planners, and those things are separate. When you're educating someone, you're doing it from the standpoint of, I want you to be self-sustainable. So I'm going to give you these tools, I'm going to give you this knowledge, help you work through it so that you can take it and do all this yourself. And I felt like something like that didn't really exist from an accept, access, access, where people can access it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Say those two times fast. Um, in the area or in general. And so financial wellness, financial literacy are very hot topics right now, which I would argue to say that they should have been something that was never not <laughs> a good yeah. topic. But um, from an education standpoint, there's still lots of institutions and schools that don't incorporate financial literacy education. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, how can I help them? Because I also understand teachers do so much. They don't have the brain capacity or physical capacity to create a whole nother curriculum about a subject mm -hmm. that kids are not being tested on. Mm -hmm. So my thing was, well, look, let me be the person to do it for you. I have the background. I have the knowledge. Like, let me do it. Let me just bring it to you and you teach it. Or if you need me to come in and teach it, I can. Or if you need a workshop for students, I can do that. But use my skills to help your students. So that was one of the main reasons why I started um, the business. And I would say something that I add, the value that I add is um, I help people feel seen and I help people realize there is an option. And like right now, where the way the economy is, I've worked with clients who make as little as $300 a month. I've worked with clients who make 10,000 or more a month and both are struggling. Like you have people who legit are not making rent because rent keeps going up, food costs have gone up. So you went from spending $500 a month in groceries to a thousand because you have a family of three or four, like people are struggling and they're just like, what the heck am I supposed to do? One person may need help for one month for their rent, but because their income is right above the threshold, they're not eligible for community resources. So what do you do? And there are lots of people who feel ashamed of talking about, I have $90,000 of credit card debt. They're ashamed of that. Because yeah. they feel people are going to judge them. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who will. And so something that I bring 
is that judge-free zone. Like, if you tell me I got $100,000 in credit card debt, 50000 in a personal loan, and I have payday loans, I'm just be like, all right, cool, so let's, let's talk about that. Let's see what we can do to get you out of debt. And then from there, um, allowing the person to not just feel seen, but allowing them to feel like they have a chance, an opportunity. I think that's something that I bring that um, not as many financial counselors or financial education organizations bring, because oftentimes it's just about budget, here's what to do with credit, here's what to do with this, take it and go, versus we need to personalize this because each person is different. So yeah, I think that's what, not I think I know that that's what I bring to some people. I, I love that because I'm sitting here like, okay, we need to have a conversation after this because that's like, that's kind of where I'm at. I was, just, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, I worked this job. Think like you said, things have went up. I make a little less than I was making last year. So it's like, I got more stuff going on. I, you know, through God, you know, things get paid, but then it's like, I don't want to have to wait to the next check or, nothing like that i'm sitting there thinking like how can i create what can i do right now to create income to help because i don't really i don't like working for anybody so i don't even want to go get another job i really can't because i got so much stuff going on so it's like how do you like you said okay i can budget but then things happen and i'm not really able to do things so it's like i i want to learn about money it's hard to watch videos on that certain subject i feel like i a I got to be face to face or something like that. Someone teaching me because I learn different than other people. Like I don't really read There's certain books I read, but I need someone to break it down to me like I'm a kindergartner. And once you can do that, then I can go with it and, and roll. But I also need the accountability uh, of somebody. It is just, hey, this person going to say something if I don't get this done. And you might never say nothing. The person might never say nothing, but I'm just like, okay, I'm, I don't want to disappoint them. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm supposed to. And I think people have to understand they got to you have to learn money if you want to be successful mm -hmm. because people are like, oh, I'm going to win the lottery. OK, you're going to be broke because you ain't be able to manage the little money that you have. If you can't manage a little, how can God give you a lot? Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to be able to manage, understand it and then make that move because there's going to be a day that I might somebody be like, OK, we want to uh, get your podcast on this network. We're going to give you. A six-figure deal. I'm like, okay, I've never had six figures. I need to make sure I do this right because I don't want to go broke. I want to be MC Hammer, get a whole bunch of money, and then be like, oh, snap, what happened? So it's like you got to have different people in your life. you got to have a financial advisor. you got to have an accountant. you got to have different people that you can feel safe with with your money because you can't – everybody, your mama – your mama ain't had that much money. How can she manage it for you? Everybody want to have people around them, and then it's like – you, they've never touched that money, so how can they help me touch that money and manage that money? So you got to be smart about it. So I like what you said, like, it's a person with $300 a month and it's a person with 10000 Because hard is hard. It don't matter how much money you got. Life is hard. It's hard if you got a lot, if you got a little. So you just got to figure out how to make the adjustment for that. So you also read, uh, wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I need to get the book because my oldest, she's freshman in college. And so I want her, I want them to understand stuff before I even knew it. Like I'm learning stuff in my thirties. I want them to know it young and it definitely uh, will help her. So tell um, audience what the book is and who it helps mm -hmm. and how it helps them. 
you don't got to go into all the, you know, yeah, deep yeah. into it, but yeah. Absolutely. So uh, my book, What's Next, 10 Steps to Prepare You for College, is basically taking what you would look for someone who's like a um, an advisor to advise you on how to prepare for school. That's basically what the book is meant for. So it talks about the major selection process, what do you want to study. Um, but the biggest thing with that, it's not just you're going to college just to go. It's really saying, like, what do you want to do mm -hmm. and how can you use college to benefit you in that way? And so even if a student doesn't want to go to a four-year, go to um, get an associate's degree or go to a trade school or something, it's meant to help you figure out what is it that I want to do, how can I pay for this, and then it takes you through steps of what to consider, like who to talk to on campus, uh, paying attention to deadlines, how to apply for the FAFSA, how to create a budget for, for school and things like that. And so I tried to simplify that process so that one, it doesn't feel intimidating, but it also just gives you something to relate back to if you ever get to that point of like, okay, what do I do next? So it's, it's for graduating uh, seniors from high school. It's also for adult learners as well. Um, a lot of it is definitely it can feel like it is geared towards high school students going straight into college, but again, uh, if you are just trying to get an education, post-secondary education, whatever form it is, then this book can help you. Yeah, because if you don't know what you want to do, you're going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff that might not even end up helping yes. you. I remember when I went to school, I, I don't know how I got accepted <laughs> one college because my GPA was a 1.7. So I knew I love computers. I fix computers. Kids don't know what computers really are. Mm -hmm. The big base. I like broke a computer down, built it when I was in fifth grade. So I was like, I like computers, but I didn't know exactly the different terminology. So I went for programming. I'm like, nah, this ain't it. And I called my mom and I'm like, hey, hey, mom, this ain't it. She, nope, you signed up for it because you know they don't know. They like, nope, this is what you want. And just say I didn't make it. Um, so <laughs> I went back to school like a year later and I was doing the stuff and school just went for me, but mm -hmm. it's like, you have to know what you want to do. Um, so you can take the right classes and be around the right people. Mm -hmm. Cause one thing, even though I didn't finish school, I wish I would have networked more because when you see people that you went to school, it's like, dang, they doing that dang, they doing that. Mm -hmm. I should have been cool with them or I should have, you know, hooked up with them. And I told um, my daughter, I was like, when you go to school, don't go to school just to say you went to school and got this piece of paper. When you leave, you should be able to be a boss, a leader, uh, be able to have some type of go in and get your own ownership once you're done because you have the right information. Because a lot of times we go to school and we just go to school. I went to school and just went to school. Mm. I, did, I, I learned how to be an adult. I learned how... Oh, if you don't pay that rent, they they gonna put that pink letter on that door, and yeah, it could it could mess up your credit and all this different stuff down the road. I learned life, but I didn't learn what I was supposed to as a student, because I think it don't matter if you're post uh, secondary, whatever. If you're fifty, if you're sixty, if you're nine, you always gotta learn. Mm -hmm. And if you don't understand that, then you're not gonna make it far. Even if you're at a job, even if you're at McDonald's. And you got to learn how to do the fries. You got to learn how to do the burger. You got to learn the cash register. You got to learn how to do different stuff if you want to advance. Because if you don't want to advance, you can just go there and just do whatever. But whatever field you're in, you got to you gotta learn. So that, but you got to know what you're going for. Mm -hmm. So what is your motivation to keep going? Because I know when people start businesses, it's not for 
a year or two. It's long term. And I, what you're doing is long term because everybody going to need help with finances all the time until the day we uh, die. So what is your like motivation to to keep going? Because it's hard because there's days where you're like, oh, OK, I'm done. I'm, I'm good off this. But what's your motivation? And then second part to that question, what uh, do you, what is the bigger picture of what you're doing now for yourself? Mm. I would say my motivation is a desire for everyone to live a thriving life. Mm. And my desire for everyone to know what it feels like to live and not just exist. I feel many of us are existing right now. We're mm -hmm. just going through the motions. Majority of our day, probably a lot of people would not even remember what they do because we just go like we're not even consciously yeah. doing things and so my motivation is to help people realize that the circumstance you may be in right now does not have to be your only circumstance the information given to you as restricted as it might be is not the only information out there and i realized that money is I mean, so many studies show that money is one of the top stressors across the board. Yeah. And from making people stop out or drop out of school to making people not focus at work to messing up relationships to making people feel like they're not successful in life. Like money is the root of a lot of that. And so I just want people to understand, like, one, let's take away that power that this inanimate thing has. And let's talk about how money is like a hammer. If you put a hammer down on the table, what work does it have? It has no work. It does nothing. And it's not until you pick up that hammer and decide, I'm going to put this nail in the wood so that I can build a house, that that hammer served its purpose. So money is the same way. If you literally put down a dollar bill on the table, it's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how you use your own thought process, how you use your own power to use that tool to live a thriving life and live the life that you've always wanted for yourself. And also understand that possibilities are endless. So let's talk about what is it that you want to do for yourself? What does success look like for you? And once you're able to establish that, let's talk about how we use these systems and tools to accomplish that. And so Again, my motivation is just helping people realize um, what it feels like to live and realize how they can be in a situation that they feel is better for themselves and they don't have to stay in the same place. Um, and so where do I see this <laughs> going yeah, what's in the, the bigger? What's the bigger picture? Ooh. You might have it already, but you might not. But I have so many big pictures, if you can't tell. Um, I would say the, the main thing is... I would I really want to develop a lot of partnerships with education institutions to help them develop financial wellness curriculum mm. um, and also help administrators understand that financial education isn't just about the money part which many people forget so yes I can teach you about credit I can teach you about debt I can teach you about budgeting retirement investing not taxes I'm not a CPA <laughs> but I, I know a little bit but at the end of the day I can teach you all of that but if you are someone who is an impulse buyer 
then it don't matter how much money you have, you're going to keep spending money. Mm -hmm. And eventually, that could put you in a not-so-fortunate situation. So helping administrators understand if you are going to teach money, we also have to talk about the holistic aspects of that and talk about how your culture, your identities, your family, society, all of that influences how a student will view and spend money. So helping schools see that, helping them create that, and also finding more ways to provide um, financial counseling support to people that's affordable. I recognize that um, my fees may not be affordable for everybody. I do recognize that, which is why I try to work with community organizations. But finding a way to where if somebody really, really needs to talk to a financial counselor, that um, through partnerships and through the business growing, that I'll still be able to help that person and, and still, you know, get paid, of course, yeah. but still find a way to help them. So I say all that to say the bigger picture is just building partnerships, um, making financial counseling and um, working with the financial professional not seem so hard to do, making it more ac accessible, and also just branching out into more things because I'm very big on wellness. So doing more collaborations with wellness initiatives and trying to expose people to all aspects of finance so that they know, oh, if I'm about to buy a property, I know a real estate agent, I know a mortgage specialist. Mm -hmm. If I'm about to start a business, you know, I, I have a CPA, I have someone that can help me start my LLC and all of those things. So I hope that answered your question. No, it did. Um, because it's about really helping the next generation and the long scheme of things because if you're in the school system and those different things that's who you're going to help because that's where it needs to be mm -hmm. and like you said um it's about habits it's about your habits i don't think people understand mm -hmm. it's like you can't become a new you unless you let go of those old habits and that has a role with money it's like the discipline part being disciplined is a habit. You can't just, oh, I, I got, you know, you won, you went to the casino and you got 50000 What are you going to do with it? Because mm -hmm. if you don't do what's right with it, that 50000 going to be gone. Or if you go tell everybody where you, oh, yeah, man, I got fifty. Oh, let me get. Yeah, let me listen, know something. Listen, I will tell you. I am, <laughs> I'm probably going to be the person, they're going to be like, you got the money. No, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. It's nice. Uh, mm, no, <laughs> but I was thinking earlier because um, I was looking at your stuff and I was thinking of finances. I wanted to make a post of uh, what would you do if you actually became that millionaire that you wanted to be? Or if you became that billionaire that you dreamed to be? What are you going to do with the money? Because I listened to Eric Thomas and his goal is to be a billionaire, but it's not for him. It's to help other people. And that's why I think a lot of people fail to realize a lot of those people that are millionaires and billionaires, they got it because they helped others. And that's why they have it. And it's not, oh, we got to post on social media and show the world. What for? Mm -hmm. No, that's what they do. And that's how they get it. Because you invest, then you go and add value to people. And then it comes back to you because they know you're going to be able to do something with that money. And I don't think people realize, oh, I want to be a millionaire. What you going to do with it? Yes. Why do you want to be a millionaire? Yes. I, want to, I want to do a lot of stuff to help people. Because like you said, when you, especially me working in the schools and you see kids that literally 
have uniforms that look like they didn't have them passed down. Like what? Yes. Or no new, no no shoes. Or hair, girls can't get their hair done. And boys walk around, they gotta grow their hair out and get locks just because their parents ain't getting them a haircut. Or they don't eat. So different things like that is why I wanna be at those levels of money because I want to be able to help people. Mm -hmm. And then I want to actually be the person to tell them about money. Cause I'm, I, I would be transparent about me. I didn't been, I didn't make dumb decisions on money because I didn't know. It's like, I just want to make it to the next check. But then when that next check comes, you're like, dang, I'm broke already. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> and it's like, you don't want to live that way. And like you, like you said, I think I know what I'm going to name it. You don't want to just uh, exist. You want to live. Mm -hmm. And people don't live because you don't get to do nothing. You don't get to enjoy. We enjoy, people enjoy other people's success. And that's their, that's their yes. ooh, ah, because they're on social media. Ooh, look at them. They on vacation. Mm -hmm. No, I want to go there. Like, I tell people, certain people, I tell them some of the craziest <laughs> dreams that I have. And they be looking at me like, yeah, because I want to have my house where I don't got to go nowhere. Mm -hmm. everything I want to do except for maybe an uh, amusement park maybe who knows <laughs> I want all that at home I don't want to have to go out here because you can go to the grocery store you can go on a boat trip and drama happens to you and it's like no I'm good I can stay at home now somebody going to have to go grocery shopping because I don't even like going there <laughs> no I'm for real uh, people are rude they don't yeah. know how to, the, the easiest word one of the easiest words is excuse me mm -hmm. they can't say it I'll be ready to slap go to the farmer's market uh, I'm going to peaceful I went somewhere <laughs> this past weekend. It's the different. It wasn't, a, and they just walk. Okay, you just gonna walk in front. Mm -hmm. of, all right, let me calm down. Cause I be wanting to say something to people, but I'm like, I don't want to make a moment. Cause mm -hmm. everybody gonna put their cameras out. But it's like, you gotta let people know. All you gotta do is say excuse me. Mm -hmm. But back to what we we're saying, like it's the habits. Don't think cause you're gonna get a lot of money. Cause somebody could give you the money that you say you want, but you're not gonna be able to use it because you don't know how you need it and what to do with it so yeah I, I love that and I love that you said that because people just exist I'm I'm exist I, I would say I'm living and existing at the same time because I used to be that person oh let's go on a vacation uh, I don't really think so mm. now it's like man why not because you never know when your day when God can say hey come on come see me mm -hmm. and it's like you got to go do stuff and but you don't want to be that person to go on vacation and come back and you broke that because I've been part. there yes and that's horrible yes that's horrible absolutely so um uh give us or not me well yeah me too the audience three actionable steps that they can take with money right now no matter how much they got because you three mm -hmm. actionable steps when they hear this they can go do right now for just Anything just money them. they so these people they have some of them have some money because mm -hmm. they just got the good job but they don't know nothing about money then there's some people that just I won't I ain't gonna say broke they just they're at, at the lower end of it because they don't know nothing about money they don't know how to even make make more money to make it make sense mm, okay so <clears throat> first thing that I think every person should consider doing when it comes to really taking charge of their financial wellness journey is visualize what life you want genuinely mm. not the life that people are telling you you should have not the house they tell you you should have or the family or whatever <laughs> literally sit down and be like what do I want my life to look like 
What does luxury look like? If you want something that's luxurious, what is luxury? Define those things for yourself. Reason being is that gives you a place that you can go to. And it also gives you something that hopefully you realize is real. And when you realize it's real, you will start taking actionable steps to get there. So that's the first thing. Sit down and really visualize and write down what do I want my life to look like? How many hours a week do I want to work? Do I want to work? Mm. Do I want to live in a place that's warm? Do I want to live in a place that has all four seasons? Do I want to live off the grid? Do I want to live in a standalone, a detached house or a condo? Do I want to live in a city or the country? Like, What do you want your life to look like? Do you want to go to dance classes? All of that. Once you do that, then start writing out currently a, a spending plan. And I say spending plan, not budget, because when we think of budgets, it can be very restrictive. Um, I think what is very important to understand with your spending plan is it should represent who you are and represent things that you do on a consistent basis. So with that spending plan, the reason why it's important is because in order to get to that place you want to be, you must first know where you're starting. So know how much money you're bringing in, know how much money you're spending. And when we're looking at expenses, we're not just talking about basic expenses. Everything. Everything. Like, try to account for everything. Because then, when you account for everything, you already have an idea of where your money is going to go. You're giving your money, you're giving that tool a destination. So, your fixed expenses, rent, car insurance, car payments, um, things that stay the same month to month, those are fixed. Don't forget your flexible. Flexible expenses, so many people forget about. And that's where we spend a large portion of our money. So write those things out. Look at how much you're bringing in. Look at how much you're spending. And then at the end, see if you have a surplus or deficit. Surplus means you have money left over. Deficit means you don't, you're spending more than what you're making. When you're able to see that, then go to step three. Step three is deciding if I have a surplus, what do I want to do with that surplus? Do I want to pay down debt? Do I want to save for an emergency fund? Do I want to save for a vacation, a house? You know, going back to the step one, your goal, what can I put this money towards to get me to that next step? If you have a deficit, then write down what are some things that I can adjust to make up for this deficit. So is it I'm spending too much on eating out? Is it I am, I noticed that in the middle of the month I start doing X, Y, and Z which takes a lot of my money. Or I spend a lot on Amazon and I keep making the excuse that oh it's for the house but do I really need it at this point? So deciding what to do with that surplus or deficit will then help you get closer to that life that you're wanting to live. So to recap, first thing, write down what you want your life to look like and while visualizing this, feel what that feels like. Like genuinely. I know people talk about manifesting and stuff, but if you can feel something and you can see it, then you can do it. It's really that simple. So do that first, then create your spending plan. So how much you're bringing in, how much you're spending out, Look to see if you have a surplus or deficit. 
And then if you have a surplus, decide what you want to do with that money. If you have a deficit, start thinking through um, how to reduce that deficit so that you can do something else. And, and thinking about those deficits, in some cases it could be you have to increase your income. So if that is the case, then figure out a way to increase your income, even if that means getting a different job. As hard as that is for so many people, if your job is not paying you enough and they are not offering any raises or anything, then go ahead, find something else. If you don't want a separate job, then find a side hustle or something, but decide how much extra a month do you need. If your deficit is $200, then you should minimum bring in 500 because you don't want to make just ends meet. That's another thing. I could go into that. But yeah. You don't want to make ends meet, so figure out how much extra do I need to cover up this deficit and then add on a couple more hundred to make sure you're bringing in more than what you're spending. I, I love it. I love it because you broke it down and it's understandable. And one thing that I, that it brought in my head, I remember when I was had mentors and stuff, and it, well, it was a guy's group, and it was like, you have to look at your numbers. You can't be afraid, like, when you budget, you got to look at every single thing that goes in and out because it's the little things that you think is your little pleasures or whatever it is that some of those things, if you cut those out, you might have some stuff. And I always, I had, I always think it is like, we always have the money for what we want, but mm -hmm. we will complain when we don't have the money for what we need. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people, when you get paid on that payday, what you doing? You gonna give you? You go out to eat. Mm -hmm. You might. Oh, this weekend I'm doing this. But that little money that you spent, you gonna need it in that next week when is when right before payday. You gonna be eating peanut butter and jelly and noodles for lunch mm -hmm. if you would have saved up that money. And I I started to think of that. And I'm like, nope, I'm not. Just because I got paid, I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do that. Because you think of a lot of stuff you can do, but then in the scheme of things, like I really can't do it right mm -hmm. now. And yeah. I'll tell you what really hit me, because I ain't going to say it just in case uh, certain people watch this, but really hit me what you said, because I really, it's like, yeah, it's, it's time to do that. But um, I always ask each guest a quote. Your quote, quote you live by, a quote, you know, you saw today, but I need a quote from you. Oh, my favorite quote. I've used this since I was in high school. No, no, yeah, no, this was college. Anyways. The quote is, when life gives you lemons, make apple juice and have everyone else try to figure out how you did it. Mm. Yeah, I love that quote. Cause mm. it's like, when it gives you something that isn't quite palatable, just completely change the whole thing and make your own thing. And then while everybody else is trying to figure out how you do it, you're moving on. So I, I, I love that quote yeah. because that's really being authentic with, your, with what life gives you. And doing what you got to do is it's like spades. It's like you can only do what you got, mm -hmm. but you can make you can make something out of it. And it's like, how did you do that? Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry yes. about how I made it. And like you said, when they trying to figure it out, you on to the next thing. So I love I love that quote. Um, let everybody know how they can reach you online. If it's your website, mm -hmm. if it's social media. Yes. Uh, you can visit me at my website. It is mywealthywellness.com. You can also follow us on Instagram. We are My Wealthy Wellness and Facebook as well, My Wealthy Wellness. 
And there's one more thing I did want to say um, that I thought about when you were talking about budget. Something that I think is very important for a lot of people to realize is when you are creating something like a spending plan for yourself, give yourself a, a line item to treat yourself. So even if it's like $10, $20, give yourself that opportunity to still enjoy the moment, especially if you are in a position where you don't have a lot of disposable income. But you're human. You still want to enjoy life. So if you're able to give yourself that little bit of space to just be, to just enjoy, go get some ice cream or, you know, go to a movie, give yourself that opportunity. And also the biggest, 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 biggest thing when it comes to financial wellness is your mindset and deciding what it is you want for yourself. I cannot say that enough because the moment you decide how you want your life to look, the moment you decide what is success for you, the moment you decide what is wealth, what does that look like for you, then you can make decisions that are best for you. So really think about that and hone in on that because if you don't have that for yourself, it'll be hard to make financial decisions that will internally make you happy. You may have your bills paid, but there could be something still missing. So figure out what that is that you authentically want for yourself and use that as the the compass to guide which direction you want to go. I, I love that. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for hitting me back. Thank you for what you do because I can tell by just listening and seeing your energy that what you do and what you're going to do is going to be powerful to those all around because that's something, financing is something, I think that's probably a lot of the least people want to learn we want to learn the business but we don't know how to learn we don't learn the money so i appreciate what you do and definitely want to talk to you after this just about a couple of different things um i i gotta think of a different way okay i ain't gonna say closing words give the audience uh, a call to action that they can do as and that'll be the end of it Okay. As in, like, contacting me? Or no, a call to action for them yes. to do in their life. Yes. Okay. So, remember that your existence is very important to this world. And when you have those feelings and those nudges to do things that you know will make you happy, hone in on that because one of the biggest things that will change this, change this world are people who are living their authentic lives, being their authentic selves, and recognizing how um, how they contribute to the world and how the world contributes to them. So, yes, I say all that to say, like, your existence is important, and your uniqueness is beautiful, and your purpose is purposeful, even if you don't know what that purpose is. So. And on that note, keep being great. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I'm reading and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.